Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Heart and Soul. Today, I am joined by Marina J. all the way across the pond, our first um, guest all the way in England. And I'm really excited for her to talk with you because she is an expert at helping people flourish after narcissistic abuse, which is a topic that we have not covered here on the podcast in all five seasons. So I'm very interested Um, But beyond that, uh, Marina is a life coach and the creator of the NARC template method. And she's also the host of her own podcast called the Turn Yourself On podcast. Um, So Marina, welcome to Heart and Soul. Uh, Welcome. Thank you so much. I said welcome. That's because I'm used to my podcast. Yeah, (laughs) I get it. it. Um, Yes, thank you for coming. I would love for you to um, let my listeners know a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So my passion is women flourishing after narcissistic abuse, just after one-sided relationships, after just having a particularly tough time or even just a beige time. You know, when you completely, you've kind of lost yourself, you're feeling flat, you know who you are inside. And so my job is to kind of get you turned on, turned on by your own energy because we want to be creating a life that turns us on. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're turned off. And I see too, honestly, too many women turned off. They're turned off by the men in their lives. They're turned off by the friends in their lives. They're just turned off by the way their lives are. And we're here to do really important things with our lives. We're here to make impact and we're here to have a great time as well on this planet. So that's where I come in. I basically help women heal the relationship they have with themselves and the relationship they have with others. I love that. I, um, I think that's a really, um, great way of rewording. Cause like the way that I would think of it is, you know, we all have like this light inside of us and then it's very sneaky and easy for others to kind of dim our light without us realizing that it's gotten to the point of like almost darkness. So I like the way that you word that of like turning yourself back on almost as if you have a light inside you and it's turned off and you're just here to encourage women to turn it back on and live their best lives. Absolutely. Otherwise, you know, you're living a half life and I think it's life's just too short. Life is just too short, you know? Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, like I said before, this is a topic that has never been covered in all five seasons of um, heart and soul. And I was joking with you before we press record that 
I really don't know much, like, um, I guess clinically about the term narcissism. Um, I was telling her, like, the only thing I know is Vanderpump rules and Tom Sandoval from this season. Um, and then obviously I've heard stories, um, not only in the media, but in, you know, in some of my friends' lives who have suffered from narcissistic abuse and, um, I would love for you as an expert to give the actual definition. Cause I feel like there's a lot of maybe like buzzwords that are thrown around that we hear a lot, like he's a narcissist or they're gaslighting me or like just very like almost like clickbaity words without really people understanding the definition behind them. So I would love for you to give us the definition of narcissism before we get started. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's become a real buzzword. And I think it's important because it's being brought up to the light. And so many people don't realize they've actually had it. But at the same time, there are so many people going, oh, he's a narcissist. She's a narcissist. And it's like, no, that isn't what narcissistic abuse is. And so the way that I would term narcissistic abuse is a narcissist is me first. A narcissist is me first at the expense of you. So in a relationship, it's all about me. It's not about you. And you're going to sacrifice yourself. You're going to sacrifice your energy. And I'm going to suck your energy out of you until pretty much I crush you. I'm going to control you, but I'm going to crush you and obliterate you. And then I'm going to move on to my next victim because at its at their core, narcissists don't want to replenish their energy like you and me. You and me to replenish our energy what do we do? We might have a bath, go out into nature, meditate, whatever. A narcissist doesn't want to self-generate. They want to get it from you. They're mm. not going to connect up to the creator or the universe or anything like that. Nah. They want to take your energy. So if you are familiar with Harry Potter, the films, the books, Dementors, a Dementor comes up. And if you haven't watched it or read the books, a Dementor is like, it's like a sort of black ghosty thing. It's got black smoky energy and it will come up to somebody's face and suck the life force out of you until you're gone. That's a narcissist. Mm. That's how I look at a narcissist. Um, the people that have narcissistic abuse, on the other hand, on the other side, they're in agreement with a narcissist where they say, yeah, you know what? It is you first. It is you first at my expense. It is you first. I'm second. You're first, you're everything. And so that continues until one of them wakes up. And usually it's always the person on the other side that wakes up. Some yeah. people would call them an empath. Some people would call them a victim because the narcissist never feels responsible for anything or anyone or anything at all. So it's usually the person it's happening to that wakes up. And once you wake up, wonderful. Then you can really vibrate that narcissist out and create the kind of life and the kind of relationships that you know are possible for you. But it is a journey. It's an absolute journey. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it's abuse. And so any victim yeah. of abuse has to go through a huge journey of healing and like rewriting the narrative of like who they are and their identity. Um, so would you say that a narcissist, I love the, by the way, I love Harry Potter. So I love the Dementor like visual of that. Yeah. Um but would you say that a narcissist just completely lacks empathy at all? Yeah. So the only empathy a narcissist has is for themselves. Mm. And they will only feel how you affect them. 
So if you hold up the truth to a narcissist or there's an argument, you'll find that the narcissist will only talk about your response, how you're relating to them, how you're making them feel, not about what they're actually doing or what they've done. It's all about how you affect them, yet they can be so callous with you. You could do the slightest tiny little thing and it will just be blown up. Yeah. So they're looking for all their validation in you and then in return, not willing to take any ownership for any mistake that they might have made. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you're dealing with a narcissist when, and again, this isn't concrete and I'll, I'll talk about why maybe after this, but one of the primary red flags is you hold up the truth to a narcissist. There's no empathy for you. Forget that. Right. But they either blame you or they'll act the victim, even though it's actually you, you're the victim, right? They'll totally blame shift because it's all about what you did to them and how you made them feel. And they can't believe it. All this stuff is me, 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 me. So it's me first, me, 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 me. And you, you don't even exist. Wow. So is this something that, that you believe people are like born with, or is it like a nature versus nurture thing? Like when you're a narcissist, are you... Is it something you develop over time? I mean, I guess it's different with every case, but that's just Mm. like, it's just so interesting to me, like where it comes from. My experience, 99% of them are not born. 99% of babies that I've ever met, I've ever seen, I've ever heard of, feel, they feel. They don't just feel how they're feeling. They feel how you're feeling or they'll feel how an animal would feel. So in my experience, narcissists typically are grown by very lovely, nice, well-meaning caregivers who want to give them everything and essentially turn them into little monsters because these people then don't have any you know, they're they're not responsible for anything. It's all about them. Their parents, for example, have made it all about them. And so they grow up feeling the world must revolve around them. But the difference is it's at the expense of others. They don't care. They genuinely won't care. They won't care if they see you cry. They won't see if they see you in pain. None of it. It's genuinely all about them and how you affect them. So to be in a relationship with a narcissist is impossible because you're not in one. You think you're in one, but you're not. Like you're giving a hundred and they're giving zero basically. Yeah, absolutely. And so you see it typically with children, maybe sort of as they start to get to teenage, I mean, teenage years, a lot of teenagers are very self-absorbed anyway. And that's actually a rite of passage. We're meant to be. But in my experience, you really start to see it. It's sort of that, that age where you start to see they don't care. It's all about them. And then they get into young adulthood. And that's often where it really starts to take a hold mm. because no one stood up to them. There haven't been consequences for their behavior. They aren't feeling how other people are feeling because no one's required that of them. Right. All they're doing is saying, let's walk around eggshells around our little darling so-and-so. And again, you often see around narcissists, really good, kind people. But to me, good and kind, it's not a true good and kind. It's not true good and kind if you're only good to the outside people, but not actually to you. Because love isn't, I love you, but not me. Love is, I love you and me. We're in this together. Right. Absolutely. So would you mind sharing why you became so passionate about this specific topic? Maybe a little bit about your story. Got all this hair that suddenly appeared. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, yeah, so I when I grew up, 
I intensely felt everybody's feelings as if they were my own. I was like a little sponge and I could feel if somebody was feeling angry or upset or anxious. And so I started to try and compensate for everybody because I just wanted everyone to be happy. And so I'd kind of go left and help you and I'd go right and help you. And oh my goodness, I wouldn't want you to be hurting. So I'm going to overgive to you. And I don't want you to be processing all of your emotions on your own. I can help you. I'll do it for you. I'll listen to you. I'll make you feel better. And pretty soon my spine just followed. It went, you know what? We're going to go left and right. Let's go left and right, Marina. And so instead of my spine being straight, which is I'm going to support me, it's going to support you. It's going to support you left and right, left and right. So I ended up developing scoliosis, which is a curvature of the spine because my spine just followed me. Our bodies follow us. It's not the other way around. Things don't just magically happen, right? So my body followed my intent to support everybody else at the expense of me. And then I ended up sort of not realizing it, but I found yoga and yoga. I became a teacher at the age of 24 and I ended up beginning to straighten my spine as I got a stronger sense of self and who I was and how things affected me, not just how things affected everybody else. My spine started to straighten because I was able now to honor myself more, support myself more in relationships and interactions. Then I became a single mum. And I think single mumminess, or whether you're a single parent, is the pinnacle of overgiving and under receiving it's the pinnacle right. of doing everything on your own you know and so I became a single parent then I discovered um life coaching became a life coach and really studied uh shadow shadow work so shadow alchemy so really falling in love and owning the parts of me that I didn't want to be because if I was those parts I thought I don't like it if I'm if I have boundaries, I don't like it. If I'm strict, I don't like it. If I say no, I don't like who I am. If I have to say no to all of you, but as I actually started to really embrace these parts of me that I hadn't had since a very early age, my spine straightened even more. So through the emotional healing, it continued to straighten. And I used to joke, I was the only, you know, 30 year old that was still growing. I mean, I actually had tops that started to become like midriff tops. They began at my hips. I'm not joking because my spine was straightening up um and so now I teach other women and and hold other women in order for them to really hear themselves really see themselves when they're in a relationship so that they don't blend in with the other person lose themselves and therefore lose why they're here you know so many of us are here to have great relationships and to enjoy our time on the planet but so many of us are here to make impact as well. And we can't do that if we've got poor relationships around us that literally suck us dry, you know? So yeah. Wow. That's wild. I mean, I, I really do believe like our mind and bodies are connected and like what we experience emotionally or mentally, like it does have a physical effect on us. And it's usually you hear kind of the opposite, like when you're feeling stressed, your body holds that stress or when you've experienced trauma, your body holds that trauma. And yours was the opposite of like a body escaping something and becoming better um, because of freedom in your mind. So that's really fascinating to hear and, and very cool that you, you know, took the appropriate and slow, even though slow steps to get to where you are 
where you are now. And so now do you work exclusively with people who are suffering from narcissistic abuse or what's like your clientele look like? Absolutely. So I work with really powerful women. You know, if you've had narcissistic abuse, you're usually the brightest light in the room because narcissists don't target weak people. They target the strongest people. And so is that, I, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but is yeah. that because they want to like boost their own egos or? Yes. Yes. Part of it is, woo, I get to control this powerful person, I see. but also the amount of energy a powerful person holds is usually more easily available to the narcissist. They're like, great, I need energy. I'm going to be that Dementor. I need to get it from the biggest energy in the room so I can inhale the most energy. It's an energy transference. So they'll pick the most successful, the most vibrant, the most lit up people in the room. And it happens to men. It happens to women. It happens. It doesn't matter who you are. If you've got a heart, it can occur. But the great thing with it is, and this is what I do with with my clients, is once you heal it, you your whole life changes and it's you're not meant to stay stuck in it. So I work with women who have actually walked away from the narcissistic abuse or they're on their way out. I don't work, work with people that are deep in the crisis. I used to. For me now, I work with the ones that have walked away from the one-sided relationships, you know, where it's all about them, but not about you, the narcissistic abuse, and just those kind of quasi-relationships where they're not abusive but they're also not great. They're not really supportive. Yeah, they don't really healthy. want to see you win. Yeah. Um, and I work with those women to really flourish, to actually really flourish in their life. So it's about boundaries. It's about actually raising your standards for yourself, treating yourself like an absolute queen instead of treating yourself like a narcissist would and actually going out there. And so my clients end up just flourishing. I look at them as flowers and I think, you know, you need a bit of the rain, which is the shadow work. You need some sunshine, which is to own your light again, really own your light. And then we need some of the stars as well, because you're a star. It's actually about the relationship you have with yourself at its core. Yeah. It must be so encouraging to like watch women or clients in general go from unempowered to empowered as you work with them. Yeah, it really is. And to take their power back, to reclaim your power from whom you have thought has been in authority, from whom you couldn't say no to, from whom you were actually a bit scared of. Mm. But also, I think inside every, every one of us, we know the life we're meant to be living, right? We actually know it. And something happens when we start, we begin, we start to feel huge relief. And it's about healing from the inside out. It's not mind over matter. It's not really a talking therapy that I focus on. I focus on you actually being activated and actually healing deeply. So you just become her. You don't have to think confidently. You don't have to go, I need to be confident right now. You already are. And that's to me real healing when you actually already are the woman that you were born to be. Right. And you just bring it to the light. Yeah. I um would love for you to go back and talk about the topic of boundaries because I, you hear that it's another buzzword a lot. Like you need to create boundaries. And I think a lot of times um, we are, especially as women, we are over givers of our time, of our resources, of everything. And at the end of the day, we're, it's almost like we we're trying to pour from an empty cup. And so what does it look like 
to create healthy boundaries where people in your life don't feel less loved, but instead you feel respected and like filled up at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Look, sometimes they're going to feel not loved if they don't have a good relationship with boundaries. They're going to feel rejected, abandoned. They're going to feel unloved and all of those things. This is actually about us really listening to ourselves. To me, there's two kinds of boundaries. There's the practical boundary where you say it. And that's usually the beginning. That's just you on your journey of boundaries. It's important to have that under your belt. Once you get used to doing that, you probably won't need to do it anymore because actually you become the boundary. How you feel is the boundary and it becomes energetic. And so an energetic boundary is when you don't even have to say it. You're no longer attracting these people or they don't spend very long in your life. You vibrate them out quickly and you end up um, just kind of having higher standards for yourself so that when you hear yourself and how you really feel and you follow that, that high standard is going to vibrate out anybody else that isn't going to want to be at that level. And that's okay. They don't need to be. You won't mind if you're misunderstood. You won't mind if they see you as preachy or high maintenance. All that is, is that their level of self-love is lower than yours. That's all that ever means. So boundaries, I think has had a hard rap. People look at them as, oh, hard work. I don't even want to do them, you know, blah, 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 blah. But we can't live and flourish if we have energy leaks. If we don't have boundaries, our beautiful energy is just going to leak out. And if it's leaking out to a relationship that's not reciprocal, it's going to go out. And guess what? Nothing's going to come back and you're going to be tired at the end of the day. And then you're going to wonder why you don't have the energy for the ones that you love. You don't have energy for the projects that you still have on the back burner that you still can't get to because you're constantly leaking your energy out. So that's boundaries. And it's, it's, oh my goddess, it changed my life when I really implemented them about 10 years ago. It absolutely changed my life. It made it quicker for me to manifest. It made it much quicker for me to be fully me and not a conglomerate of everybody else. Because when we don't have boundaries, we don't even know what we want for dinner because we can't even hear ourselves. We've got everybody else's energy in our energy zone. Yeah. So it's such a powerful place to be, especially if you're highly sensitive. Yes. I'm a fitness coach. So I'm going to use like a fitness analogy and see if it correlates. <laughs> but <laughs> I um, I would say that a lot of people who first start exercising, it takes a lot to even show up to the workout. And, and at first it's not comfortable. It's foreign. It's um, they don't love it, <laughs> but that consistency and that like implementation eventually turns into movement becoming joyful and fun and like almost like a part of their routine that they can't imagine life without and can't remember life before. Um, Like it's so it makes them feel so good. And I'm, I'm kind of relating that to boundaries and that in the beginning, I'm sure there's a lot of like guilt or fear over what people might think. It's like probably really like muddy and sticky to step into bound or to create boundaries. And then also live them out. Um, but then after so long of respecting yourself and implementing them, you, they almost become a part of you to where you don't feel shame over what people think, or you don't have FOMO, or you don't have any of those feelings of anything but respect. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it depends 
on who you do them with. And I find every time I raise my standards, so do my boundaries. So sometimes it's a radical thing to just say it, be it, do it. And it can be still scary. However, when you've clocked up enough experience of, well, this will work for me. And if it doesn't work for you, I'm also okay with that. It's not about hurting anybody, but sometimes people are just going to be hurt. If they're used to having a lot of access to you, they might be hurt. That's okay. But in all honesty, for me, the people that are in my inner circle, if you're in my inner circle, it's because I don't need boundaries with you. Mm. If, If I had to keep calling boundaries with everybody all the time, they're not the right relationships with me because relationships actually should grow with you. And if they're not growing with you, for me personally, I limit my time with them. Mm, that's a really good way of looking at it. If they're not in your inner circle, then they shouldn't need boundaries because there's respect there and love there. Right. Um, I really love that. Um, okay. So I have, before I give my listeners where how they can connect with you and how to follow you and maybe get in contact with you if they feel like this hit them in some way and they want to talk with someone who's a professional. I have four questions that I ask every single guest before we wrap up and they're random. They're fun. You don't have to like overthink (laughs) it. Um, but I'm going to ask those to you before I give, um, before I let you give the listeners a place to connect with you. Um, so the first, yeah. So the first, (laughs) first question is what is something that you're currently obsessed with? Being really soft with myself and giving myself more soft experiences where I have come from actually being very used to having harsh experiences and harsh relationships. Mm. So I'm really looking at softness now for me and navigating certain people in my life with that in mind. And I am obsessed with it because I know it's my next evolution. That's so amazing. That's such an amazing answer because typically, and I'm the same way, the answers are like, I'm so obsessed with this new dark chocolate. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with my new skincare routine. And yours was like, so amazing. Like I'm just obsessed with treating myself well. Um, I love that. Um, my next question is what is something that you are really looking forward to in the rest of 2023? Again, I'm going to bring it back to <laughs> staying really connected to me. And focusing less on how I land for people, which I don't really do anymore, but focusing less on that and actually focusing on genuinely my needs to the next level again. I'm really looking forward to that because I know that's going to up level my business, everything, my energy. I'm particularly more looking forward to my energy more than everything. I think for me, it's about staying, if I stay connected to me, I can never betray myself. So again, that's, that's really where I'm focused at the moment. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. Next question is what, and this probably correlates to your other answers too, but what is something that you really love about yourself in this season of life? Just how bloody determined I am. I'm really, (laughs) I'm, I'm really proud of how much I clear and heal the stuff Um, I've gone through a particularly confronting in my face uh, issue for the last little while. And I've just completely vibrated it out. And that is not for the faint hearted. And I'm really proud of, of how much I love myself and how much I'm willing to do the work. Like I'm really proud of that because there's so many times we can run away 
But I literally, if I know I need to do a process on myself or healing, I will not leave the couch or the bed until I've done it. I'm like, nah, come on, sister. Because otherwise, what changes? You know, really what changes? Yeah, so that, and it it sounds really awful, but actually it's not as good. (laughs) No, it sounds really cool. And it sounds even cooler that you're British and you said bloody. Like that's just- you know, we, we Americans, we can't get away with saying that and it's sounding cool. <laughs> so like, I'm kind of, I feel like we hit a milestone on this podcast with you saying that. Um, that's awesome. I do love that answer. Um, my last question is if you could leave a little post-it note for our listeners to like put on their computer screen or put on their mirror, a little piece of encouragement, yeah. um, what would that be? Treat yourself like an absolute queen treat yourself like an absolute queen because then you won't tolerate anybody else who doesn't. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Marina, I have loved this conversation. Will you give my listeners, um, the best place to connect with you? And then I will obviously put all of your links in our show notes as well, but what's the best place to connect with you? Absolutely. So my website, marinaj.net, that has my free Facebook group on it, my podcast on it, how you can work with me. And it also has a free masterclasses, a free, three free masterclasses is a bit of a mouthful to really use pleasure to begin coming out of these non-reciprocal narcissistic relationships. So you start to really treat yourself like a queen. So that's on there too. Perfect. And I will put listeners, I will put all those links in the show notes. Marina, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's uh, really, you're such fun. It's fabulous. Thank you. And really interesting, great questions as well. Really, really. Oh, yeah. Thank you. All right, listeners. Well, I will be back to talk with you again next week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heart and Soul. If this episode encouraged you in any way, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next week.